Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Her. I think you're going to really like this one because the first episode that we had Amanda Treon with, which was episode number two, where we talked about reverse dieting, uh, I've gotten so much feedback about that, that it was just really eye-opening for so many people. So today we have Amanda back, and we're going to be talking about virtual coaching and its importance in a medically supervised weight loss program. So welcome back, Amanda. Hi, thank you. Happy to be back. Yeah. So Amanda, you have um, a lot of credentials. Um, we just explained to everybody if if they haven't listened to episode two of, you know, what you do and how you've gotten into the weight loss and wellness space. Sure. So um, my background really is in um, nursing. Um, I have a master's degree in nursing. I um, have a cert- certification as a certified nurse midwife. So that's kind of where I started out my career was um, bedside nursing and then as a midwife. And um, through my own health journeys, I've kind of slowly evolved into more of kind of a health and wellness coach and gotten away from patient care more recently, actually. So I was doing patient care up until just a couple of weeks ago. And and now I've kind of morphed into completely doing just wellness and, and weight loss coaching because it's my passion and it's what I've really kind of grown to um, have an affinity for. So I, you know, through years of kind of working on my own self in terms of my own health and wellness, I had obtained um, certifications as a nutrition coach. And I was kind of doing both my nurse, you know, nurse practitioner job and my nutrition coaching um, in tandem for a little while. And then, like I said, just recently transitioned over to just focusing full time on uh, nutrition coaching and wellness coaching. So you have a lot of professional experience, but you mentioned your personal experience. And uh, like, I've always said that, you know, you can learn it, but when you go through things yourself, there's there's nothing like it. Would you mind sharing your journey, personal journey through health? Sure. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. So um, it started back when I was pregnant with my oldest son, who's now um, 14 and a half. Um, I was probably at the heaviest weight, which I think is a, a story that a lot of people can resonate with through pregnancy. It's um, a time when we can have some issues with our metabolism. And so that was certainly the case for me. I, I was probably at my heaviest weight when I delivered my oldest son. And after delivery, I just felt uncomfortable. I had um, worked out while I was pregnant with him, but not really intensely. I'd started doing some jazzercise classes when I was pregnant with him. And um, it, I liked it, but it wasn't getting me really what I wanted after I delivered and it wasn't getting the weight off that I was wanting to um, remove. So I kind of started playing around with different exercise activities initially, and I was really focused on losing weight through exercise, which I eventually learned isn't 
the only thing that you have to focus on to help um, manage weight. And so I started with jazzercise. And then after I delivered, I, I started running and I ran, um, I don't know, nine or 10 half marathons and a full marathon over the span of a couple of years. And I lost a decent amount of weight doing that, but I didn't have a lot of muscle mass. I had um, lost fat mass, but didn't really have a lot of muscle to show for it. And um, I really kind of wanted to look a little bit more toned and sculpted. And I knew that I needed to build more muscle to do that. And so I kind of happened upon CrossFit and I got involved in CrossFit at that point and started building muscle. And after, you know, a couple of years of doing that and still not really changing my diet, I was building muscle, but still not really able to see it because I had more fat mass on top of that muscle than I realized. And so um, I was kind of frustrated with what I thought were results, but not seeing the results that I had in my head. And so then I really started focusing in on nutrition and I really got started on it, honestly, because my brother um, started losing weight himself. He was probably gosh, 100 pounds overweight, he was morbidly obese. And he started um, training for a bodybuilding competition and started look, counting macronutrients. This was back in 2014. And I saw what amazing transformation he had made for himself. He lost well over 100 pounds just through diet and exercise and counting macros. Um, and his wife did as well. So combined, they lost well over 100 pounds together. Um, and I thought, well, if he can do that with his body, what can my body do? And so then I really started focusing on macro, um, you know, eating macronutrients. And I hired a coach to help me because I knew nothing about it initially. Um, and then I decided that I needed to make a goal for myself to be able to, um, you know, have something to look forward to in terms of eating this this new diet. It was a huge change for me from what I was used to eating. And so um, I personally just needed to have a goal to look towards. And so I decided to set a goal for myself of doing a bodybuilding competition. And so um, I set that goal. I um, got where I wanted to for to be stage ready. Um, I did several bodybuilding competitions and then I never looked back really. I, I counted, started counting macros in 2014. I've been doing it ever since. It's been eight or nine years. I've maintained the weight that I lost then within probably three pounds of that weight. I've put on a significant amount of muscle in the meantime. I've done um, the different phases that we take all of our clients through with reverse dieting and cut phases several times. And I'm now to the point where I eat about 2,700 calories um, just as a maintenance amount of calories that I eat to, to maintain my current wow. body weight. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. Mm-hmm. Which I'm happy about. <laughs> <laughs> So it doesn't really feel like you're dieting anymore when you use that no, word. No, not at all. Absolutely not. No, I, I eat to fuel my body and to maintain good health. So you probably like a lot of people, I've definitely been in that phase of life. Like I've trained, I've done marathons before and, you know, you think like, okay, well, I ran 10 miles. I can... Mm -hmm. I should go out and then have a plate of pasta and bread yeah. and you could eat whatever you want because yeah. you just, you know, did this or maybe you did cardio at the gym and you burned, I don't know, 500 calories. Yep. Yeah. So I think um, everything in moderation. I mean, I think after a big major race, like a, a half or a full marathon or after, you know, a made like a half day CrossFit competition or something like that. Maybe a small indulgence is fine as long as you keep it to one thing and not make it turn into an entire day that turns into a week and then a couple weeks and then a month. That's kind of where the slippery slope can happen. And so I've certainly done lots of competing in my adult life. And after my competitions, I do allow myself those indulgences, but it's just about not going overboard. So everything in moderation, I think. But yeah, so you if you're doing it that. every day after you exercise, that's not ideal. 
Yeah, you mentioned something about like, what? Well, what's more important, like getting the right workout or getting the mm -hmm. right food or diet, exercise, nutrition, right? So you can't out train an, uh, an unhealthy diet, right? I think that's probably a saying that a lot of people have heard or can resonate with. And it really is true. Um, is exercise important? A million percent. Yes. Can you lose weight when you exercise and don't diet? Absolutely. Are you going to get to your ultimate goal by just exercising and not dieting? Not likely. Can you lose weight with just diet and not exercise? Absolutely. Is it going to be um, a lot faster in terms of kind of the rate of speed that you lose weight if you exercise with it, for sure. Yeah. So can so you do one without the other? Yes. Yeah, a little bit of everything. So, you know, there's lots of different, we'll say air quotes, diets out there. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned something about what we're doing now is you're counseling people on macronutrients. What, what, mm -hmm. does that, what does that even mean? Yeah. So your macros are a breakdown of the types of calories that you eat. So all of the food that you have has both macro and micronutrients in it. So your macronutrients are the amount of carbohydrates, proteins, and um, fats that are in your food. And then micronutrients would be all the vitamins and minerals. So things like sugar, potassium, fiber, iron, all of that stuff. So all of your food contains both, but we care about those three macronutrients because your body just needs those three things in abundance to survive and thrive and make normal hormones for daily function. But the other reason is when you're trying to change your body composition, whether it's weight loss, muscle gain, or anywhere in between there, you really want to do your best to preserve as much lean muscle mass as you can. And even if you're not somebody who goes to the gym and lifts weights on a regular basis, you still have lean muscle. You can't stand up without it. And so you really want to do your best to keep it there. And, and to do that, you have to eat adequate amounts of protein, which most people that eat a standard American diet don't get anywhere close to the amount of protein that's required to preserve that lean muscle and certainly not enough to, to grow new muscle. So I'm sure you've heard from women and I've definitely heard from women, especially when I, I like to go to CrossFit too, of, mm -hmm. yeah, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to gain muscle. I just want to be skinny. Um, or I just want to, you know, I just want to lose weight. Um, yeah. Or um, don't want to, don't want to be too bulky. Don't want to look like a man, all of those things. I've heard it all. Um, so, you know, a couple of things about that from, uh, just a physiologic standpoint, a woman can't grow the same muscle mass as a man unless she were exogenously um, taking hormones to do that, like growth hormone and testosterone, because we don't naturally produce the same amounts of testosterone that men do. So we can't naturally produce the same amount of muscle mass. So to look manly just isn't realistic. We can't do that anyway. Um, and then in terms of just looking skinny, I mean, everybody has their own personal preference. And for some people, that's that's just really what they're shooting for. And for them, that's okay. Again, from a scientific point of view, the more muscle mass you have, the better it is for your heart, the better it is for your bones, but also the better it is for your metabolism. Your muscle is thermogenic, so it requires five times more energy from your body to keep your muscle there than it does for your body to burn through fat mass, which means that your metabolism has to fire way more efficiently, which means you get more food, you can eat more calories. Um, so in my opinion, I want more muscle because I want to be able to eat more food and not have to feel like I'm depriving myself to keep my body composition where I like it to be. Yeah, exactly. So and that's one of the many, many causes that people gain weight as they age is because we all are losing muscle as we age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's especially important over the age of 65. Papers, um, studies have shown that over the age of 65, that's really when we start to lose muscle mass at a faster rate of speed up until that point. And there are a lot of women who 
start, so the average age of menopause is 52. And so a lot of people think that when they kind of enter that menopausal phase, that automatically they're going to gain weight or they have to gain weight because of menopause. And that's just not the case. And scientifically, your metabolism doesn't really slow down until you hit about 65 years old. And that's really when you have to pay attention to um, protein even more. We need more protein as we age than we did when we were younger. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't get your metabolism to still work with you as opposed to against you, even in that perimenopausal or menopausal stage of life. So let's switch gears and talk about virtual coaching, because you've been in the wellness space in our practice for quite some time, and uh, mm -hmm. it's always been in person. And mm -hmm. now a lot of people switch to virtual because of COVID, but that's mm -hmm. not really the main reason why we switched to virtual. Can you comment on that? Yeah, it's kind of the way of the world right now. And I do think COVID was a big catalyst for that. People kind of doing everything more offline. It's more convenient. A lot of people have really busy schedules. So there is some convenience component to it. But I also think that um, it offers people a lot more touch points and contact with me as your nutrition coach. So if I said that you had to come into the office every week to, to see me and to have that touch point and that contact, which I think is so important when you're trying to lose weight is to have that accountability, that can feel really cumbersome and overwhelming. And you probably aren't going to have enough time to make that appointment to come in every week. But if we do it remotely, then you have access to me 24-7 through an app that we use that's both a coaching app and a food tracking app, which I think is really nice because all of our clients are able to, if they have a question, a problem, a success, a celebration, any of those things, they can um, message me through this app and I can see those 24 seven and um, I respond to them you know, within 24 hours of getting them. And then also they have a required touch point with me at least once a week, which I think is, like I said, very important when you're really thinking about losing weight is to have that accountability. So you mentioned that when you work with people, you have them track their food. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I do. Um, it, that is one thing that I think can feel overwhelming initially for a lot of people, which is understandable. I was there. I remember what it felt like when I had to start tracking my food initially. It's a new skill that has to be learned for a lot of people. And like any new skill, it can feel a little bit overwhelming at first until you get the hang of it. And then it becomes more second nature. And you don't have to really spend a lot of time with it. But I do think that there is a, a large amount of importance in tracking food because scientifically, again, when we're talking about weight loss, it's all about calories in versus calories out. That's just the way that it is. There's, you know, it, I can't do anything to change that. It just is what it is. And so if you are not tracking what you eat or even weighing and measuring your portion sizes, when your ultimate goal is about changing your body composition, then you're going to have maybe some success, but it's probably going to be finite and limited. If you really want to see what your body can do, then it makes sense that you would track what you're eating and weigh and measure because it's about calories in versus calories out. I use the analogy that it wouldn't be any different than going to a gas station and filling up your gas tank without having a gauge to know whether or not your tank is full. It doesn't make sense, right? You want to know what's in there. because. Mm -hmm. Or just even just people have a budget for their finances of tracking right. where all their money goes. You may think like, oh, I'm pretty good. I don't really spend money on, you know, silly things. Or, mm -hmm. But then when you really look at your, you know, expenses for the month, you know, I've been shocked before of looking at my sure. expenses of, geez, boy, do we spend a lot of money on eating out or so. Like, mm -hmm. um, But unless you're tracking really anything. Um, mm -hmm. 
it's it's really hard to know. Absolutely. Your brain's not going to remember every lick bite and taste and those little lick bites and tastes over time add up. They all have calories in them. Yes. Or that, you know, I'm, I'm walking by as I'm putting the dishes away and grab a few mm-hmm. French fries off my kid's plate. Yeah. Or you take a tablespoon of peanut butter as your serving size, but your idea of a tablespoon is much different than what it actually is when you measure it out. Yeah, I certainly haven't been tracking anywhere near as long as you, but it's been it's been eye opening for me. And uh, Mm -hmm. just the fact of the fact that you're tracking also just has some influences on behavior of especially when you put the alcohol intake in. Mm -hmm. Whoa, did that just add a lot of calories? (laughs) It does. It does. I know. And those those to, to that point, a lot of those especially like the seltzers that are out there now that say 90 calories, it's not, that's really not true. I mean, it is 90 calories, but the way that our body breaks it down, it goes all, it goes through your liver and it's broken down into fat and sugar, period. And it just stays in your body. Yeah. So that's been eye opening for me of uh, uh, just, you know, maybe I'll have a vodka soda instead of vodka Mm -hmm. and pineapple juice. Yeah. Um, You know, and I'll keep it at two instead of uh, uh, what I normally would do if I've been uh, going to summer concert series here. Um, Yes. The other thing is, is you mentioned accountability. I think in the Mm -hmm. past, even in our practice, we saw people monthly um, Mm -hmm. versus now. Um, Can you talk a little bit of the difference of kind of the results that you're seeing of in the past seeing people monthly versus so many shorter checkpoints? Yeah. So um, initially, when we were just seeing patients in the office, we would, for most of our programs, have have them come in once a month, because that's what felt reasonable to have somebody come into the office, you know, that that kind of time frame, um, in terms of making an appointment and taking time off work and that kind of thing to come into the office and actually see us. And so we were seeing with a lot of our clients that were doing that kind of on the in between when they would come in at these monthly check ins, they would say, you know, yeah, I'm doing okay. And I've seen some weight loss, but I'm not really where I thought I was going to be. And then when we, when we really dive in to see how nutrition was going, it was always, you know, well, I haven't been exactly following it or, well, I'm kind of doing my own thing or it's just, um, it leaves a lot of room for, um, kind of skirting around the edges and not really kind of, um, paying attention to the things that you're trying to do in terms of your goals. It it allows you to not keep your goals at the forefront because you don't really have somebody that's constantly kind of tapping at your shoulder saying, Hey, wait a minute. What about this? Or, Hey, this is what you said you wanted to do. Is this really what you're still wanting to do? Kind of a thing. And when we move to the virtual online, if there is somebody who's not check like checking in, for example, I reach out through that app and I say, Hey, I haven't heard from you. I haven't seen you track anything in the app in this past week. And so it's just sort of that like, Oh, shoot, somebody's paying attention. Somebody's watching. Is this something that I really wanted to keep as a, as a, a goal for myself? And do I need to kind of get back on track? Or um, it's not even for people who maybe are forgetting to track or just kind of have fallen off the wagon a little bit. It's It's even for people who have been continually checking in every week, but you can see that they've kind of fallen off with hitting their macros maybe for one one week, or they just have questions about things. It's a really nice 
thing to be able to check in with somebody and just say like, hey, I don't understand what I'm, what I'm not doing right here. Or why is my weight fluctuating when I'm following things exactly the way I'm supposed to? Or, um, yep, thank you for checking in with me. I know that I haven't been on track, but you know what? I'm going to get back on this week. And if you don't have somebody constantly kind of tapping you on the shoulder, so to speak, then it's really easy to just be like, ah, I don't really want to do this right now. I don't have time for it. I'll do it, you know, next month or whatever. Yeah. And what are you doing with the information is as a as a client or a patient, you know, we're tra- we're inputting what we're eating and tracking our food, but what are you doing with that information as far as taking that information and then giving guidance going forward? Yeah, good question. So I take a look every week um, at all the food that everybody logs based on the macros that I have given them. And there is a target range that I want all of my clients to get within. So when I give macro numbers, I want them to try to hit within plus or minus five grams of each macro number that they're given. So they do get a little bit of wiggle room and and it's okay to go above or below just by that plus or minus five grams. So I look back at their food log to see whether or not they've been able to achieve that. And if they haven't, then I'll look at their act, the food that they're eating and I'll kind of figure out like, you know, if, if I can see that they were, I don't know, 25 grams over for the week on protein and 30 grams under for the week on their carbohydrate target, then I can look through the food that they've actually tracked for that week. And I can even go to a specific day and say, look, this day was really good. You got really close to your macro targets this day. You know, you were over a little bit by protein and, and under a little bit by carbs or whatever the case may be. And then I can say, this is what I would have done differently. I would have, you know, increased the amount of um, potato chips that I had or whatever. I don't know, vegetables that I had and decreased the amount of chicken that I had that day to try to get myself within those macro targets. So I can really look at the foods that are being logged and kind of give suggestions based on what you're currently eating on how you can manipulate serving sizes or maybe swap out entire foods. Like if you're drinking a regular Coke and that's taking, you know, adding 64 carbohydrates into your account and you're over on carbs, then maybe it's just something simple like, hey, why don't you try switching that regular Coke to a diet Coke? That'll get rid of those 64 carbs and then you're going to be closer to your macro targets. Does everybody get the same macronutrient ratio? No, it's individualized for every person. And so, and it changes every single week based on how your body responded the week prior, um, based on how you did with being compliant in terms of hitting those macro targets that you're given. Um, And then based on other things too, like if you're still menstruating and and are you on a week where you're having a menstrual cycle, that's going to fluctuate, that's going to make the scale fluctuate. So do we want to do something different with your nutrition that week because of that? Or are you having a particularly stressful week and you're not sleeping very well and you've got a lot of inflammation and it's showing up on the scale? Do we want to do something different with your nutrition because of it? Or are you, um, you know, menopausal and you're not exercising very much and we want to make sure that you get the right ratio of carbohydrates and fats week to week and kind of adjust that based on how your body does with it from week to week. So no, it's very individualized and it's also based on what your ultimate goals are as well. So what do you say to somebody of like, yeah, but that's just a lot of work to write down everything I am eating. Like, how long do I need to do this for? Yep. Great question. It can, like I said, feel a little overwhelming in the beginning, but I think that people find that once they kind of get into it, and especially on the app that we use, once you enter in your foods and most people eat about 20 of the same foods every single day or every single week, you might make them in a slightly different 
fashion and, and kind of dress them up a little bit differently. But if you really think about what you eat, it's about 20 of the same foods. And so once you get your kind of staple foods entered into the app, you can copy and paste to other days. And so it's really not that difficult anymore once you've gotten them in there. All you have to do is change the serving sizes of foods uh, of the food that you're actually eating or the portion that you're actually eating. Um, what was the question again? I think I went off track. Do they have to do it forever? <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't. They don't have to do it forever. So, and again, that really is kind of individual too, though. So for me, for example, when I started counting macros, I was very diligent about counting for three years. <clears throat> do I think I needed to do it for three years? No. But my goals at that time were around bodybuilding competitions where I really did need to know exactly what I was putting in. Um, versus what I was expending in energy, energy expenditure. And so I did it diligently for three years and I got very good with eyeballing portion sizes and kind of knowing what I needed to do to um, fuel my body for, for the, the outcome that I was looking for. And so I haven't tracked honestly myself since then. Um, so I would say it's probably been, gosh, five or six years that I have not tracked and I've still been able to maintain that, that you know, within three pounds of what I lost initially um, and build new muscle. Um, my brother, who, like I said, I started this journey because of him. He's somebody who will tell you that he he will revert back to kind of that oversized person that he was and those indulgences that he, um, you know, wants to give into if he doesn't track. So he tracks every day still, and it's been eight years that he's done that. So for him, he needs to to keep his goals um, at the forefront. For me, it was just more of a learning tool. That's really the ideas for most people that it's just more of a learning tool. Um, so that you can figure out how to eyeball portion sizes and what your body needs. But for some people, it's just something that they need to do to keep their goals where they need them to be. So speaking of learning, for somebody who, it, it, even for me, I'm like, when I first started is this is really overwhelming. How am I going to learn to do this? Um, mm -hmm. What tools are available to to help you in that learning process? Yeah. So I would say first and foremost, it's, you're not going to figure it out overnight. I don't expect that you would. It's going to take some time. So give yourself some grace in that. Um, we do give a lot of tools. So we have um, a couple documents that everybody gets that, that pays for our nutrition program. So they get a cookbook that has lots of macro-friendly recipes with the macro um, breakdowns for each recipe listed. And then we also give a food guide list, which is a resource that can be used with foods that are primarily protein, a list of foods that are primarily carbohydrate and foods that are primarily fat. So let's say that you're somebody that doesn't naturally eat a lot of protein. And you're like, oh gosh, you know, I don't know how to get all this protein and that she's wanting me to eat, but not get carbs and fats because I do pretty good with those macros. So you could refer to this list of foods and it would give you some of those ideas. Um, we also provide recipes that we give to you through emails that you'll get every day. You can choose to use them or not. It's really just a resource. And so you'll get a breakfast, lunch, and dinner recipe um, every day through email. And then you just have to figure out what portion size you need to hit your macros. And then you also have me as a resource. So like I said, through that app, you have access to me 24 seven. So if you're having trouble with something or um, have a question about something, you can reach out via that app and I'll respond. What about eating out? How does, what does somebody do when they go to a restaurant or if they're at a party? And yeah, that's probably one of the most common questions that I get. That's a great question. So with this whole kind of approach to nutrition, it's about consistency every single day 
for the rest of your life. It's not about being perfect in any given moment or, or for a whole day or a whole week or anything like that. It's not about perfection. And so when you go out to a restaurant, you just do the best that you can. If it were me and I was really diligent about hitting my macros, which hopefully that's the goal for everybody, um, I would try to figure out where it was that I was going to be eating. I would get online ahead of time. I would choose a meal that I wanted to eat and see if the nutrition information was available online. And then I would plug it in to the app ahead of time. And then I would figure out the remainder of my day. So my breakfast and my lunch around that meal that I was going to have at dinner, because more often than not, when you eat out, you're going to be spending a lot more macros sort of at, at that restaurant than you would normally if you were cooking at home. And so that's how I would kind of attack that. If I didn't know where I was going and it was a spur of the moment kind of a thing, then I generally just try to get a lean protein. So for myself, I'll usually either get a white fish or a chicken. Um, and then I usually get a vegetable and a rice. And you can get that pretty much at every single restaurant you go to. And then your fat would come from how they cook it because you can pretty much assume that they've cooked it in some kind of an oil or a butter. So that gives you your, your protein, your carbs, and then your fats. Um, and then you just do the best that you can in terms of eyeballing portion size. It's not going to be perfect. And then when you enter it into the app, it's probably not going to be perfect, but at least you're entering something and you're still trying to stay mindful of what you're choosing to eat and of your portion size. And that's really the most important piece of it. What else do you track? Um, I think patients or, you know, people in general are used mm -hmm. to what, from a health standpoint, tracking blood work, like what, what are my mm -hmm. cholesterol numbers doing? What are my hormone levels doing? What is my blood sugar level doing? What is my blood pressure doing? And I think all of those are really important metrics to track. But what mm -hmm. else do you track other than food? Anything else? Yeah, so water intake. Ideally, you want to get at least 64 to 100 ounces of water, maybe more if you're exercising a lot. Sleep is super important for a lot of things, but especially when it comes to the number on the scale. So ideally trying to get at least seven to nine hours of sleep every night. If you don't, then your cortisol level goes up and that creates inflammation, which then causes that typically that tire around the midsection. Um, stress. So is there really a great way to track that? You know, and it, it's, it's subjective, I would say, but you know, when you feel like you're having more stress than not. And so trying to manage, manage stress as best you can. Um, and exercise. So ideally getting at least three to five days of exercise a week if you really want to kind of um, exacerbate what your diet's doing. Um, and exercise doesn't have to look like going to a gym every day either and lifting weights. Exercise is anything that gets you intentionally uncomfortable. So for you, if that's walking, maybe it's just changing, you know, the pace that you walk at or walking on an incline or something like that, but just doing something that gets you intentionally uncomfortable for at least 30 minutes a day for three to five days a week. So define uncomfortable. It would not be like taking a, my dog for a walk while I'm talking on the phone. I wouldn't, nope. I think that's like extra and it's great to move, but yeah. I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't consider that as what I do for exercise. Maybe right. that I would be, be something it. I do on my off day. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. So if you can talk through it at a normal conversational um, you know, you can have a normal conversation with somebody next to you. You're probably not doing anything to help your metabolism. If you're starting to breathe a little heavier, if you feel like your heart rate's getting a little bit faster, if you're breaking a sweat, you're probably impacting your metabolism. <clears throat> so how do people find our program? How do they work with you? Like what's the process? Yeah. So, um, they can find us on our website. Um, 
which is www.dramybrenner.com. Um, they can call the front office and just ask to have a um, health and wellness consultation or a weight loss consultation. Consultations with me are free. They're all done over the phone, so you don't have to come into the office for a visit for them. Um, we just get you set up on a document that we have in the office, and then I reach out to you via text message to set up an appointment. It's just that easy. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll definitely have you back and talk about more topics because these are very popular topics. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.